0: Episode 132 Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Hamlet, with me, your host, Conor Hanrity. Last time, we saw the build-up of the argument between Laertes and Claudius, with the young man freshly arrived at court demanding information about how his father died. Claudius has been carefully trying to calm Laertes, with Gertrude nervously interjecting to insist that they are not to blame. Laertes refuses to calm down, and continues with his questions. How came he dead? I'll not be juggled with. To hell allegiance, vows to the blackest devil, conscience and grace to the profoundest pit. I dare damnation. To this point I stand, that both the worlds I give to negligence. Let come what comes, only I'll be revenged most thoroughly from my father this short speech sets Laertes up as Hamlet's opposite. He will not be juggled with, he wants answers, and he wants them now. Throughout the play thus far, we have seen Hamlet tormented by his thoughts, and some of his most famous lines come to mind now, as they are mirrored in Laertes' text. When Hamlet first saw his father's ghost, he exclaimed, angels and ministers of grace defend us, A major concern was that the ghost might be a goblin damned, and might steal him away to hell. Elsewhere, he ruefully points out that conscience doth make cowards of us all. Laertes, by contrast, defies all this in a single speech. Hell, conscience, and grace. He also echoes his father's words. Polonius spoke of his duties to God and to his king, and here Laertes is saying that all of these things can go to hell. His allegiance to the king, or his grace with God, can all burn away in the profoundest pit. They do not matter. He dares damnation. Let come what comes, he's saying. He will be revenged most thoroughly for his father. Within just seven lines, he manages to be more forthright, more focused, and more decisive than Hamlet has managed in the entire play thus far. Laertes is willing to march into hell for his father's honour. Shakespeare is laying it on rather thick, precisely because we've spent so much time watching Hamlet try to come to a decision. Claudius doesn't have much of an answer, but again he seems to be stalling and he asks Laertes, Who shall stay you? Who would prevent you from your revenge? As if he's saying, There's nobody here trying to stop you, and indeed nobody here committed the deed. Laertes replies, my will not all the world and for my means i'll husband them so well they shall go far with little this is a strange little line laertes is saying that by his own will nothing in the world will stop him from having his revenge and that despite his limited resources he will manage them so well that he'll get to where he needs to go with all that he has presumably this is a continuation of his threat to the king Even though the king has the whole army at his disposal, Laertes will prevail even with the small means that he has available. Claudius has now had time to think, and given Laertes space to show his hand a little. He starts making his own moves now and says, "'Good Laertes!' If you desire to know the certainty of your dear father's death, is writ in your revenge that, swoop-stake, you will draw both friend and foe, winner and loser? Rather unctuously, Claudius flatters the young man. Good Laertes, he says. Is it written in the plan for your revenge that you will take down everyone in your path until you get the information you need? He uses a metaphor from gambling and card tables. Evidently, Rinaldo wasn't the only person that Polonius spoke to about Laertes and the gambling houses of Paris. Surely, Claudius is saying, Laertes doesn't need to attack everyone, friend or foe, winner or loser, he's saying, in his crusade for justice. Laertes might be starting to feel a little sheepish now, stuck somewhat in Claudius's web, and so he answers rather briefly, none but his enemies. He only wants to attack those responsible for his father's death. Claudius plays his next move and says, will you know them then? He's so much smarter even than this clever young man and obviously not as upset. Laertes replies that, to his good friends thus wide I'll ope my arms and like the kind life-rendering pelican repast them with my blood. The pelican was reputed to peck at its own breast, to draw blood, to feed its own young when in need. The image of the bird's self-sacrifice was also linked to that of Jesus Christ, and indeed even Elizabeth I conflated the bird into her own iconography. For Laertes here, it's an image of self-sacrifice, again for his father. Last time, we had Claudius likening himself to Jupiter on Olympus, And now we have Laertes subtly likening himself to Christ, prepared to damn himself for his father and bleed, or presumably lay down his life, for his friends. Claudius has him where he wants him. Laertes needs friends. So he says, Why, now you speak like a good child and a true gentleman that I am guiltless of your father's death, and am most sensible in grief for it, it shall as level to your judgment pierce as day does to your eye. Now, he's saying, Laertes sounds like a true gentleman, and a good child. Now he's behaving like his father would want. He insists that he is guiltless of the father's death, and most sensible in grief for it. He's really feeling this grief these are actually both true. Even in a villain as poisonous as Claudius is, it's reassuringly human to see that he might actually be sorry that Polonius has died. He insists to Laertes that all of this is true, that it shall as level to your judgment pierce as day does to your eye. The truth will become as clear to Laertes, piercing his judgment like daylight pierces one's eyes. A bright day can overwhelm the eye, and Claudius is again laying it on rather thick, with a description that leaves no room at all for any doubt. If Claudius can calm Laertes this quickly, if he's this good at management and manipulation, and we'll see in the episodes to come just how far he's going to push Laertes, is it any wonder that Hamlet wouldn't dream of talking to him about his problems? We know for certain that Claudius killed his brother. He admitted it. Hamlet's deliberation seems quite wise in the face of a smooth operator like Claudius. Poor Laertes doesn't have a chance. For all his bluster and his righteous anger, he almost immediately appears out of his depth. Where this anger goes and where it's going to be channelled and how it's going to be manipulated will be very important to the rest of the play. Before Claudius can say any more or protest his innocence any further, there's another noise outside. And we'll save the upset for our next episode. As ever, you can find show notes and the full text for this and every episode on the website, thehamletpodcast.com. This week saw the conclusion of the series of episodes covering the basics, but you can find links to all of them on the website as well. We've already covered about a fifth of the plays in our ongoing book club, and those episodes will continue throughout the rest of this year. Thank you, as always, for your continued company and I'll speak to you next time.